Well, I think um, for me, I've always been um, motivated because I think part of it is the fact that like, you know, I'm, I have to kind of overcome things being through foster care and I didn't really have, you know, um, a financial base or really anybody I can go to. So I was always looking for commission type jobs. I didn't want to just earn the normal income, right? But with that also comes with, you know, like money mindset, which I had to overcome a lot of that too. Um, but I have done a lot of self-development work and that's why I, you know, can see all of the beautiful lessons that I've learned and I'm grateful for, you know, everything that I've gone through. Welcome to Let's Not Sugarcoat It, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Bella, Alex, and Amy. Let's get into it, ladies. Okay. Welcome, ladies. We have a very special guest and dear friend today, uh, Rena Yost. Uh, Rena is a local Kelowna resident, first received her real estate license in 2006. Originally from Edmonton, Alberta, she has grown her career and client base substantially. Rena loves to call Kelowna and the Okanagan home. She is actively involved in the Kelowna business community and has sponsored multiple local charities in the past, including her popular Thankful Thursday events. For much of her career, Rena has specialized in commercial and residential real estate investments and is currently licensed in both British Columbia and Alberta. She's the owner of Alchemy Real Estate Group out of Remax Kelowna. And she also started a renovation and design company this year with our yours with our very yeah, dear yeah, girl yeah. here, yeah, Isabella, <laughs> called Oak and Onyx Interiors. Uh, when she isn't working, Rena is spending time with her family and friends. Rena loves socializing and networking, as well as outdoor fitness activities, water sports, yoga, and different types of mindset practices and retreats. Oh true that me too mm-hmm. um and we just talked about this she finishes all her emails with with gratitude which mm-hmm. i thought was beautiful mm-hmm. welcome rena we're so, yeah, happy, we're so happy you're here so ladies rena and does have a teenage daughter yes. as well so we're gonna totally pick her brain today on <laughs> what to look yeah. for forward to i guess yeah yeah rena's yeah. teenage daughter is actually like the nicest teenager really Aww, she yes. offered to bring bella's kids out this weekend and took them to an arcade. Yeah. Like she's just a great kid. Yeah. Well, thank you. Good job, she's Mama. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> Teach Thanks. us your ways. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, we had a chat with Rena over the weekend and kind of got to know her a little bit on an even deeper, more personal level. And she has a very, very beautiful story. It's a hard story, mm-hmm. uh, but from where she came and what she had to overcome to who she is today is just amazing um we cried there was lots of tears we forgot tissues so (laughs) we figured you know your story is so powerful um that i think you know listeners would enjoy you know kind of getting to know you a little bit more on that on level and just you know like the the inspiration you are an inspiration she is she's i told her she's like an oprah winfrey story but yeah yeah. (laughs) so welcome rena thank you so so happy and happy first day of spring too yes (laughs) so happy spring equinox today and as i said in our last post Mm -hmm. it's the first uh it's the astrological new year so we come alive in spring equinox yeah so get ready ladies yeah 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 well tell us a little bit about you Mm -hmm. rena where did you come from like um 
Yeah, tell us your story. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, that. Just, boom. Boom. <laughs> Here you go. Right on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I did um, grow up in foster care um, since I was very young. It was probably my, one of my first memories being in a foster home. Um, my mom was an addict. She was addicted to many types of drugs and alcohol, and she just couldn't take care of us. Um, I have five siblings from her. Um, Two of them, we have the same mom and same dad. So that's my older sister, Roxanne, and my younger brother, Ryan. And then I have another younger brother, um, half-brother, another older sister from her as well. And um, we never lived with or knew my dad either because he's um, just not a very good person. (laughs) Might go into that later. but, um, But anyways, so yeah, we... I grew, yeah, we went to a lot of different homes. Um, there was, you know, lots of times that I just wanted to be with my mom, of course, um, you know, as a child. And um, over the years, I think like, um, I talk about this a little bit in um, a chapter that I'm, I'm writing coming up too. <laughs> What's self love got to do with it? But um, I realized that I remember this one uh, lady, her name was Helen and she was, like a homemaker. I don't even know exactly, you know, what she, like where she came from. (laughs) Like I'm assuming social services. I only have a few memories of her, but it was when we were in a foster home and we had come back to live in our mom's home, but she wasn't there. It was just this homemaker lady that was taking care of us. Um, But I remember her so well in her name because um, she taught me how to pray. Oh, and awesome. yeah, and I realized that um, I related her name to hell. So I'm like, so why would a lady with, you know, the word hell in it teach me so much about God? But um, yeah, it was just uh, like that, you know, that teaching, I think, like I've grown up um, with my own kind of faith. Like some people, you know, have it instilled in them and their family or whatever. But I feel like she started me on that journey and taught me how to pray and, you know, to like literally kneel down beside the bed and, you know, um, and pray. And I, so she taught me to say the Hail Mary, the Our Father, and, um, and just to pray for, you know, all of our family, friends, my mom. So I did that and I felt like a month later, we actually were able to go back to my mom's. So I, or she was able to, um, to come back and, you know, take care of us. So I felt like that was, um, like God answering my prayers. Mm. Um, yeah, so it didn't last long though. It was like a month later. Um, there was, I'll tell you a little story <laughs> yeah. where um, my mom was taking us to, um, uh, well, the mall. I thought that we were going to buy a slip. I know that sounds funny now. I don't even think that we have slips anymore. <laughs> we don't. I tried to buy one once. Yeah. <laughs> Those silky things you were underdressed. I just yeah. wanted one so bad. And I had a dollar, a loony, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to. I thought that's how much it cost. Yeah. <laughs> so we started, you know, going for a walk. And then we come up to, it's me, my mom, my sister, and my brother. And then we come up to a building that looked not like a mall, like an office building. We walked inside. And then I realized that it was my um, social worker's office. And she was coming to drop me and my brother off. Mm. And she said she could only take care of my sister. She didn't didn't have the ability to take care of all of us. So, you know, my sister was the oldest at the time. So, yeah. So we were, you know, obviously very upset trying to run after her. And we're like being hold, held back. And, mm-hmm. and then some tough, tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Situations. Yeah. 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 And then we went into um, a group home. And then my sister 
showed up probably about a month later because my mom had gotten pulled over for drinking and driving with her in the car. So yeah, there was times that, you know, looking back, there was a few times in my life that I realized that like I was better off in foster care, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just, um, you know, I won't go into all the little stories, but there's lots of kids I, I think that are in these situations that are not, you know, taken to a good home. So even though my mom chose to let us, you know, somebody else take care of us, I think it was probably better. It was, you know, her being a mom, right, in that mm-hmm. moment. So, and I went through a lot of stuff when I was younger thinking like being upset with her and, and sad that I couldn't be with her and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I'm not anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forgiven yeah. her a long time ago. And I just think like, um, yeah, that I've learned a lot of lessons from it. And um, I definitely have a lot of strength from it. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, what else? Wow. You've definitely <laughs> impacted the yeah. way that you parent. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they can't yeah. not. How yeah. old were you when that around that time? Um the time that I that was probably like four or five. But I've been yeah, I was probably in foster care. Like the first memory that I have of being like alive yeah. <laughs> was in a foster home. So right? yeah. And yeah. all the way through your childhood then. Yes. Yeah. 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 Were you ever actually adopted? No. no. So we were, um, when I was about 12, the government did say that um, we could be adopted um, because we were already considered to be permanent, like the, the government was like our, our permanent guardian, um, but we didn't want to be. Like we still saw our mom um, with visits and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah, and we just were like, there's, you know, there's no way we wanted to be adopted. We just oh. probably didn't realize, you know, I guess the difference we just wanted, we just loved our mom and didn't want to just be thought that meant we'd be going or we just didn't want to be like just given to another family like permanently, I guess. Like, I don't know the way that we really thought about it, but, and then my brother, they were almost going to let my brother be adopted because he was younger than us and he didn't have the say. So we fought really hard to not allow that so we can, um, you know, still, because then I felt like he would be taken and mm-hmm. given to another family. And, and then, you know, sometimes that's, you just don't see them anymore. Right. So yeah. the yeah. bond, yeah. you know, the, the, bond, the three created. of you. Yeah. 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 So for the most part, you guys were all together in foster care? Um, the five of you? No. So not the five. So the, my oldest sister had a different dad and she lived in BC with him. Okay. And then my younger brother had a different dad and he lived, he was in a foster home with my other brother for a small period of time, okay. but he was with his dad. So there's the three of us, but we were separated um, at some points. Like there was, mm-hmm. there was one foster home that um, they were just not very good people. And um, I was the only one that would complain. And I think she just like, didn't believe me, my social worker and thought that I was just being a troublemaker. So eventually after I complained a bunch of times, she only moved me and left my sister and brother there. And then two weeks later, found out that I was telling the truth and they got closed down. So well, that's good. Yeah. But then we were separated for a period of time because um, my sister brother went to another foster home and they had to actually fight to bring me you know, back, back to them. So mm-hmm. I was probably um, in that home for like close to two years on my own. So, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I had I no mean, idea that you could, sorry, I keep, yeah. <laughs> I just was going to say, I had no idea that you could have sovereignty over yourself at it went at 12 years old. Like I had no idea. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. I'm already yeah, fascinated. Yeah. We're I know. It's amazing. <laughs> Mike, I, I think one of the things too, I find so fascinating about your story. I mean, there's many things I find fascinating, but is that it's just amazing to me that in some in these situations, like 
I feel like, you know, like I think of like little four-year-old Rena and how your entire spirit could have been like fully broken, but you are just such a like kind, positive, compassionate person. And (laughs) obviously that experience helped shape me, but I just think, you know, it didn't Most, break your yeah. your little spirit, you know, like yeah. little arena. Yeah, yeah, look at the statistics. Yeah. And majority of the people, uh, the kids that come out of foster care are not, you know, a success story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. they are, you know, their spirits are broken. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine, mm-hmm. you know, being torn away and, and being away from, you know, just that feeling of not belonging. You know, mm-hmm. not having that family unit, right? So I feel like you know you're doing such an amazing job with oh, your you. daughter, teenager. Yeah, such a yeah, she yeah. is. I know we'll we'll touch on it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. On you know, there I'm sure you know we see the teenager <laughs> one way, right? Yeah. But when mom's the only <laughs> one at home, we all yeah. kind of get that right too. Is you know, yeah. our kids and we're like, oh my gosh, your kids are so amazing. I'm like, are you talking about my kids? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of nice when they're nice in public. You're yeah. like, I'm winning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So tell us about uh, your journey. Uh, what made you become, uh, uh, want to become a, a realtor? Because that's also, you know, something that's driven. It's mm-hmm. hard because it is commission-based, you know, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. Well, I think um, for me, I've always been um, motivated because I think part of it is the fact that like, you know, I'm, I have to kind of overcome things being through foster care and I didn't really have, you know, um, a financial base or really anybody I can go to. So I was always looking for commission type jobs. I didn't want to just earn the normal income, right? Mm. But with that also comes with, you know, like money mindset, which I had to overcome a lot of that too. Um, but I have done a lot of self-development work and that's why I, you know, can see all of the beautiful lessons that I've learned and I'm grateful for, you know, everything that I've gone through. Um, but yeah, so I just, I was young. I, I wanted to go to, to college, but I didn't because I also would have had to, you know, take out student loans and be on my own. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do fully yet. So I just worked and, um, and I decided to take uh, my real estate course when I was 21. So I was young. And then literally when I finished it and I was basically starting to find a brokerage, I found out that I was pregnant. So Kayla was with me my entire career. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so her and uh, her dad and I, uh, we split up actually when she's quite young. So she was about six months when I moved out and then about a year, but for the last like next year was kind of on and off, but we were fully like broken up by the time she's about a year and a half. So yeah, it's the career um, in real estate being not so um, stable. Stable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a challenge because uh, I was a single mom through it all. Um, and there was times that I had to, um, bring her with me or, you know, it was times that she told me that she hated that I was a realtor, (laughs) you know, things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that uh, everything is a lesson and you learn through all those things. And, Mm -hmm. and yeah, she's, um, you know, I think she's pretty motivated too. Hopefully she's learned some of that from me. I'm hoping, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if she'll fall in my footsteps. She wants to be a doctor. So that's good too. (laughs) Well, that's motivated (laughs) as well. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, no, it was definitely lots of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with that too, going through some other things, you know, like, um, uh, my little brother passed away in 2017 Mm. and he was, you know, my brother that was closest to me and my sister. And so that 
you know, being a single mom and having a career where I'm basically, it's me, myself and I, um, yeah, that put a strain on my finances as well because I didn't have, you know, I couldn't just take sick days or grief days or, or whatever. I lost clients because I just didn't feel like talking to anybody for a little yeah, while, right? So show up, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely like a tough time, and it obviously adds a lot more stress and pressure when you're doing all the financial stuff on your own too. But again, everything is learning and mm-hmm. growing, and you know, I've. So, what are some of the lessons? Because you know, as a single mm-hmm. mom, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of single moms out there, mm-hmm. or going to be. Um, what kind of advice would you give? to them because you like you said you were pretty young mm-hmm. you know and then you were a single mom from the time Kayla was baby a baby right so mm-hmm. pretty much when she was pretty much born right so mm-hmm. you know uh what advice would you give them to encourage and and uh, you know kind of give um, them a breadcrumb yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well um i would just say you're you're all amazing believe in yourself um the best thing that you can do is work on yourself because your children learn from what they see they don't learn from what you tell them and um if you're down on yourself if you're um you know saying negative self-talk about yourself things like that like that's all what your kids are seeing so I learned very early that, um, you know, you need to do the work no matter where you come from and we all need to do the work and it, it's never ending. So <laughs> yeah. there was one time in my life that I was um, so connected, I felt. It was where I was literally going to um, a women's circle every Wednesday night. We did some spiritual development on Sundays and in between I, w- I was going with my sister and two girlfriends and in between we were getting together, meditating together, working out together, doing, you know, nature walks. Like I was not watching TV at all for those like two years. I just was reading, um, you know, just a lot of positive mindset books and, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual development and stuff. And I felt like the best I ever felt at that mm-hmm. time. But then things happen like the teacher, you know, did, um, she had to stop the classes. We still were, you know, doing those practices, but you, and then things happen in life. Like when, you know, my brother passed away and things like that, then you, or you lose a relationship or, you know what I mean? Then you're going to go through those hard times. You're, I don't think you ever get to a place where you're good forever. Mm -hmm. So it's just knowing that you have to keep on doing the work and just being, you know, compassionate with yourself and like Mm -hmm. knowing that it's okay to feel down sometimes that's going to happen. And Um, but you just have to remember, you know, the lessons and remember that, um, there's a lot of, you know, people out there that that love you. And, um, you know, if you can go and try to get connected with some other supportive people, then that's the best because then you can share their energy. And that's always like, you know, for me, I love like going to group meditations and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Cause you just feel the energy of everybody Mm -hmm. and it's usually Mm -hmm. so loving and, you know, and yeah, it makes you feel good, right? So right. make sure you surround yourself with people that are kind of on the same wavelength is definitely um, what I would suggest. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. have a support system when you were a single mom? Like, did you have, were any of those foster parents that stayed in your life? Or, you know, as a single mom, I'm just imagining you carting around this little <laughs> baby everywhere. Did you, yeah. you know, it's tricky when you need a babysitter or something. Did you have anyone yeah. in your life for support? Yeah, friends? my sister was very helpful for okay, sure. Good. And then um, also like um, Kayla's, Kayla's dad still uh, took her every second weekend and his family okay. was uh, was helpful as well. Um, and then my stepmom who... 
I call her my stepmom, but she was my last foster mom from when I was like 12 to 16. Um, she was still in our lives since, um, for like, you know, she was Kayla called her grandma. She was, you know, still, we saw her every, you know, on holidays and things like that. So she was always still around as well for help. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So you did have a little bit of a parental Mm -hmm. figure at some point in your life there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Like a little happy ending kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Not an ending, but like a little happy round to that. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tough. What about, um, I know I'm just like all these tough questions. Yeah, um, yeah she's in here. I'm just, yeah. She's going to get really good. <laughs> so single mom, you know, starting career and then baby. As you, you know, grew, obviously you're in a really healthy relationship right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how was dating, like how was dating after, you know, splitting and with, with children, right? Because a lot of yeah. women mm-hmm. that are, you know, becoming single, with kids, there is that fear. There's that unknown of what's going to come next. How Mm -hmm. did you navigate Mm -hmm. the dating life? (laughs) (laughs) I'll start by saying that I hate dating. (laughs) I don't even like the word hate. So I very dislike dating. (laughs) Um, But so I honestly, I never, and you know, for me, I thought it was very important after a relationship to heal and to, you know, do things for yourself and with, you know, my daughter and my family. So I didn't date for probably at least a couple of years afterwards. Um, And when I did, it was kind of like just somebody that we were introduced by and kind of like went from there. And um, that person in my life at the time was somebody that I dated for about three and a half years. I thought that we were, you know, and he was in Kayla's life as well. And, you know, I knew um, some of his family and stuff as well. Um, but uh, first of all, I'll start by saying I never introduced Kayla and him for, um, what was it? It was like a year, year and a half, maybe, because mm-hmm. I was just very protective of her and I didn't want to mm-hmm. be the mom that introduced a bunch of guys to my daughter. So it's a very long time. But after that, you know, year and a half until she was, we dated for three and a half years, um, they were involved as well. He never lived with us, I've only lived with um Kayla until recently <laughs> when we moved here. But anyways, so, um, but then he uh, basically um, blindsided me and after three and a half years um, broke up with me in a text message and wouldn't tell me why. And I found out through friends that he was actually engaged because he was, oh my he had a different culture um, and he was, yeah, went to, went to uh, the state six months earlier and apparently met this person that his family, you know, uh, knew and then went back another, which he had told me that his auntie was really sick. He had to go with his mom to the States. I'm like, okay, go ahead. You know, like, obviously you should do that. The next time he went, um, so the same thing that, you know, they're just checking up on his auntie. And then I found out that he actually went and got engaged. Oh my God. God. (laughs) Holy crap. So that was really fun. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's interesting that the other half in the US didn't kind of pick up on that he was leading, I mean, people that find out there's people are leading a double life mm-hmm. are always blindsided. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. very good at it. Clearly, yeah, clearly, yeah. you're an intelligent woman. Yeah. So, oh yeah, it was but very... that's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then you confronted him about it. Oh yeah, I said after about a month after we broke up, he still wouldn't tell me, like talk to me and stuff. So I'm like, and then I heard that, and so I said, if I'm coming to your work, if you don't come out, I'm gonna go inside. He came out outside, sat in the car with me, still denied it. Told me that his parents tried to set him up, but he didn't agree because he wanted to be with me and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. And then after that conversation, so we we left. And then after that conversation, that was a month after we broke up, 
two and a half months later, he was married in New York. Oh like, and I gosh. had friends that went to the wedding. So I know that it happened. Oh, you know, it <laughs> actually was a real <laughs> wedding. I'm like, okay, oh my well, goodness. There might be yeah. some truth to the fact that he did not want to be married and would rather have been with you and might yeah. have been pushed into it. However, yeah. that's a conversation he could have had with you a little earlier in the relationship. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah. About like, maybe let's run away together. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Wow, Rena. Yeah. Yeah. You so. are a full book I know. Girl. Holy smokers. I think you're going to need more than a chapter in that book. Yeah. yeah. She's just, the chapter's just her taste at writing. Yeah. And then she's going to do her own book. going to lead into yeah. your own series of books. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, cha- for you know, sure. the early years. And yeah. Stuff, you know, yeah. Well, I do. There. I've always wanted to write a book of my story. For oh, years, I even had my title picked out, Twists and Turns, My Road to Now. Aww. But it's just, <laughs> do you like it? Is yeah. It yeah. Good? So I just need to fully do that. I just thought a chapter was because I, you know, built up in my mind that it's such a big project. And mm-hmm. so I think having a chapter is a good stepping stone. But yeah, yeah I definitely have that on my list to do. Mm-hmm. It so it's a great yeah. stepping right. stone. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Hopefully we're a good part in that too. Yeah. We are. <laughs> Twist yes, and turns. Twist my and road turns. to Kelowna. Yeah. 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 That's, no, that's amazing. Title, by the way, Thank I you. love it. Yeah, nobody steal that, that. Brandon. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Copyright. Had that. You heard it here. If anyone steals this, yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. yeah. Wow. And I mean, to bring it back to like mumming for a second, I'm curious. Like, what do you think today has been the hardest stage of raising? Oh, good question, Kayla. Oh. Well, I mean... Or are they just all hard? Are you just going to hit us? <laughs> They're just all, I guess, you know, like there's there's so many different beautiful um, stages. You know, I just, I still miss the newborn stage. <laughs> I just love how they lay on your chest. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's so cute. And all the little things where you see how their personalities, you know, un- unveil and how they grow. And then you see like the kind, like Kayla, like you talk about her, you know, asking to take your kids to... Um, you know, out and stuff like that. Like she's always been such a very maternal, like little soul. Mm. Like I remember her being, um, uh, in a, we were, she was in daycare, maybe like two years old or two and a half. And there was a little girl that was younger than her, like, you know, like a year and a half years old or whatever. And she would like play with her. She would take her hand and, you know, you know, walk her around and like help her do things. And it was just like, so cute. Like she's always, always been like that. So always wanted to hold the babies and like, you know, just Mm. very, yeah, it's very sweet to see. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah. But I'm like, what else? Where am I going with this? <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. there's we just lots of stages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. yeah. So there's lots of beautiful stages and seeing her grow into, you know, a teenager is, is great too. And just, you know, she's, yeah, she's just growing up so fast. It's making me a little bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> not okay. lie. Um, but the hardest part was, um, you know, because she, she lost her dad just over two years ago mm. and that was, uh, yeah, the hardest thing I think for a mother, for myself anyways, is, you know, seeing your child go through something so heartbreaking and, you know, not being able to take that pain away. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a very hard time. And, you know, we lost like a few people around the time. Wasn't just her dad. Um, My stepmom, who was my foster mom, she went into uh, the hospital and she had some health issues before, but, you know, she's always went in and come out, but it was COVID. So we couldn't um, see hers until they told us that her organs were failing. So we did get to go in and all say goodbye. And then she passed away the next day. And then it was like literally a day or two later that we found out that her dad's dad, so her grandpa, um, 
was had stage four cancer and mm-hmm. he was had two months to live. So he did pass away like two months later. And then it's about a month and 10 days later, her dad had a heart attack unexpectedly. So she lost her grandma, grandpa and dad in three and a half months. And oh, that was wow, that's at, so much at 13 years old. So it was a very tough time for all of us, but for her, she's like she's so young and, you know, mm-hmm. going through all of that. So mm-hmm. during, COVID, kind during of COVID too. <laughs> yeah. 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 So wow. yeah. So that's um, definitely a hard part of life. And, you know, you just want to protect your kids. And, you know, that's kind of, I think, we're how we all feel, right? But, you know, one thing, you know, that is beautiful about it is she is so compassionate and she is so loving and caring and, you know, kind-hearted. And she, you know, like... Just like her mom. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say, I'm actually no, think part of that term. Term. Yeah. Well, yeah. So how do you navigate, Rena? Like, I feel like the hardest thing about parenting is letting them go to be who they're going to be. And particularly as they get older, right? Not mm-hmm. wanting to hover and be the, you know, so-called helicopter parent and mm-hmm. wanting to protect them from the failures and the hardships. And because that's all part of the journey why we're here. So yeah. how do you navigate that? And where do you kind of put boundaries? And are you sort of a totally hands-off approach or do you like to kind of micromanage a little or is it an in-between? Yeah, I'm not good with that. <laughs> She did tell me when during this time with her dad, she told me that I was um, suffocating her. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I just, all I, you know, I just wanted to just love her through it, I guess, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah I know Good I could be much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we're squeeze all your love. Oh, that's so, a good word for it. So it is tough and I'm trying to learn because she is very independent too. Right. Um, and you know, and she tells me all the time that she's going to go to London for school, for medical school. And I'm like, oh my God, she's already, sorry, oh my gosh, I shouldn't say that. But she's already um, in grade 11 next year, grade 12. And she's also sent me this um, exchange program that she wants to do next year for three to four months. So yeah, I'm having a I'm hard here. time. Yeah. <laughs> She's telling me I should let her do it. I'm like having a really hard time. Bella's like a bug in her ear. Do it because I remember when my parents, you know, I said, I just wanted to go to Vancouver. I got into the universe. No, you will die without us. We will not support you. Okay, I'll go to U of A. But, you know, it's funny because I'm coming from a, a, a place where I was the only child. So mm-hmm. I felt suffocated, mm-hmm. but now I have my own children. So I understand why my parents were the way yeah. they were. Yeah, right? for but sure. when you're a teenager, you don't understand. You think, you know, your your parents are tortured. Yeah. I'm the torturer in the house, FYI. So <laughs> I'm always apparently torturing my children. Yeah. So if they go to, you know, see us shrink. <laughs> They're going to be like, my not, mother traumatized me. Yeah, my mother tortured us. Oh, yeah, I made you do your homework. Uh, but no, so yeah, that's why it's easier for me to say because A, it's not my child. Yeah. But I also come from where a space where I was the only child and I wanted to fly and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And my parents, you know, guided me in a different direction. I'm going to say guided. <laughs> didn't feel like they were guiding me there. Yeah. They were like, put me in the cage, you know, because yeah. a, a teenager. So yeah, it's a tricky one because you want mm-hmm. the best for them. But, you know, f- coming from what what was best for me at the time may have not been what they were guiding me to. Mm. I mean, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. I'm not going to say, but my life probably would have been way different if they would 
have let me go. I may have gone and failed and come back, but I didn't get that chance. That's why I have this like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Does she have that? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's that generation though too. I think they parented through fear. Everything Mm -hmm. was fearful. Mm -hmm. You know, we were kept on a, I mean, even my mom too, she was raised that way where it was very like, you know, I'm going to keep you where I can see you and, you know, those kinds of things. And I think we're just the generation that's coming out of that. And it's, we're like slowly transitioning yeah. into letting them be a bit more free while still having a little bit of that foot in the door about how we were raised, right? Mm-hmm. With that fear-based kind of thing. So I can appreciate that because I mm-hmm. often, you know, we always talk about this with sleepovers. I don't love to let my kids go on sleepovers, but mm-hmm. I also am scared that I'm holding them back and I don't want to, you yeah. know, create a fear for them. So um, I can appreciate that's a tough decision. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. A really okay. tough decision. I feel like, you know, she does a pretty good job of letting her, because yeah. we went out for St. Patty's Day and we're sitting in a restaurant and, you know, Kayla shows up and, uh, you know, <laughs> then it's like a boy. She went on a date. <laughs> she went on a date. Yeah. Wow. And then I'm like, she's walking by herself out there. It's dark outside. <laughs> She's like, it's fine. Just let her go. And like, ah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I did get all all worried later and was like, where are you? Where are you? She's like. But I guess that's where it's handy to yeah. cell phones. So we had yes, a discussion sure. a while back about cell phones with kids. What age did, what age did she have one? Okay, well, I'll tell you the cell phone story. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Enlighten us. So her dad originally bought her uh, one of those little flip phones at five years old. And I'm like, there is no way <laughs> you're having this. So I took it away from her and gave it back to him. But he tried. <laughs> um, then I, you know, we'd always talked about it. I said, I don't want her to have one until she's at least 12. She's There's no need for it. You know, they're, they're, everybody's so stuck to these screens. Um but Christmas, like when she had just turned 10, because her birthday is right before Christmas on the 23rd, um, like we were all at his house. Like I still would come to see like, you know, the family and Christmas and stuff. Um, and he gave her his, her birth, her present in front of everybody. Oh, and what was it? A new <laughs> iPhone. And of course he looks at me because he knows, because I'm like, I was steaming inside, but I wasn't <laughs> going to be like, no, you can't have it in front of all these, <laughs> you know, getting her so excited in front of all these people. So yeah, she got her cell phone when she was 10 again my wishes <laughs> in a very sneaky way yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and so what's the ruling in well she's in high school now yeah so there's probably no ruling I'm gonna just even retract that question but I was wondering what the cell phones were like in school but I think it's just a free-for-all probably in high school right well actually it's really based on the teacher and there's her one teacher that like did he was like amazing I think at doing this because he was um it was her last semester her social teacher and he told us too because we went in we did like the parent teacher interview thing and he said that he tells the students to put their cell phones in a basket when they come to class. And if they uh, you do it, he gives them like, um, you know, positive um, reinforcement by saying you'll get an extra 5% at the end of the term just for doing that every wow. day. Oh, wow. And they listen because they want the extra 5%. Yeah, who doesn't? Right? Yeah. So that's, that's smart. Yeah. So, but some of them, uh, the other ones are, you know, they do keep their their um, cell phone, but I, I wish they would all do that because I think that's such a good way to do it, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, because we yeah. were having that debate a while back. I was we were I was on the fence, yes, but we were saying uh, we were. I said there's probably a reason. The nice thing is, is that when she does go out, mm-hmm. now she's of an age. I think that it's appropriate to have. A, that's my own personal belief. I think it's appropriate to have a cell phone at that age. But mm-hmm. it is nice to be able to get a hold of her. Oh, for sure. Right? Well, now, yeah, and honestly, even when you're used to it, it's just like anything else, right? You don't want it because even at school, if I'm telling her, okay, come out, or if I'm picking her up or whatever, just things like that, having mm-hmm. a cell phone is so much more mm-hmm. convenient. Question: <laughs> yeah. Do you have? 
have the tracker on? Oh, good question. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that would have stopped so, your whole problem okay. on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> not really. I mean, this is the thing. I used to like look into these apps. I'm very not techie. <laughs> I know that there's these things you can track your children fully, but we do have Snapchat, which she turns her location on and off. But there's times that I tell her you you have to to leave it on. But um, I've tried before doing that Life 360 app, but she never turns her location on for that either. So yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they're <laughs> smart enough to they're navigate smart. those anyways. Yeah. That's what I hear from a lot of parents. Those yeah. apps, they can go in, be in behind the scenes and like yeah. all of a sudden, you know, they're out and the mm-hmm. location's off and what are you going to do now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Sure. But I think she's pretty open with me and it's, you know, I mean, I hope so. Anyways, you, I guess you never really know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think she tells me most of the time where she is. So yeah. Well, and yeah. I guess like it sounds like you've instilled a, I trust you if you're telling me mm-hmm. you know where you are. Type that's yeah. nice. That's good yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I tell my children you will not get in trouble if you don't lie to me. And then they yeah. still and lie. They still lie and they get in trouble. So I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't lie, you wouldn't get in trouble. Do you understand this concept, children? Uh, like if you lie, you will get in trouble. Yeah. But if you don't, nope. Did you brush your teeth? Yep. Show me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and then it's everywhere. like, nope, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing uh, Gabby was not very happy with because <laughs> she would tell me, but then she wouldn't tell him because she feels like, I think it's like her her fear of being a girl and a boy. The guys mm-hmm. are always a little bit more, um, you know, like harder on them. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you know, he tells her, he's like, I'm not, you know, why would I do that? Then you're not going to tell me like, you know, and I know you have to grow up and I have to let you grow up. And, you know, so he's actually been amazing with her. So yeah, we've been together for so over four years and he like even before her dad passed away, but he's always been very good with everything. And, um, they get along pretty well. Like they're both Capricorns. So (laughs) that's pretty cool too. And yeah, I don't know. He's, um, yeah, he's been pretty amazing. Like he, um, he's very like intuitive too. So when he talks to her, he like can kind of like know how she's feeling and stuff or I don't know. He has this like little gift doing that. So that's <laughs> so, good. Yeah. Cause I have balance for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Cause that was going to be my question because mm-hmm. you know, uh, Gabby came in a bit later in her, in her life, in yeah. her life. Right. Yeah. How was that the merging of the relationship? Cause you know, it's easier when they're younger because mm-hmm. they don't quite remember, yeah. but when they're teenagers, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Or preteen, mm-hmm. you know, how was that first, you know, connection? How, how did you navigate through that with him? Yeah. Like, did you, how long did it take you to introduce well, for him, it was only four months, but that's only because yeah. he just showed up to my house uninvited one day. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds so gabby <laughs> So I didn't have that choice, but I mean, it was good because I am, yeah, a little bit, yeah, I'm a paranoid mom, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. But I do, you know, take things, I guess. I just want to protect her, right? So, and it was good. He just, you know, got to meet her early and... um and yeah, he's always been really good. Like he's been very, very, very respectful of her dad and their relationship, you know, when he was live and after the fact too, like he was, you know, always, um, always talked about him in very high regard. And he, you know, he never really got to know him. Um, but even after, um, when he passed, he gave us, you know, our space that he thought we needed said, you know, I'm here for you, but I don't want to, he doesn't want to like, you know, mm. he wanted us to like have our space to, to be with the family and mourn and things like that. Right. Yeah. So, which is, you know, really amazing. And he still talks to her 
all the time about her dad and like says, you know, he'd be really proud of you or, or you know, he can, I'm sure he's watching down on you and he would have wanted this for you or that for you. Like he talks, you know, still brings mm. him up in her life like all the time. And I think that's like so important. And I know Kayla's went through you know, a lot of emotions of like feeling mm-hmm. guilty of getting close to him and, mm. and whatever, because, you know, she lost her dad. But, um, but yeah, I think he's just the way he's, um, communicated it is just like, so amazing. Like yeah. he's, you know, I was so gonna say that's, that's yeah, quite, nice. you know, um, amazing to have somebody else come into your life and mm-hmm. still talk positively about, the other half, mm-hmm. the other person, yeah. right? Yeah. Because kids need that. Because mm-hmm. just because it didn't work out with the two of you, mm-hmm. the kids have a different reality and different um, experience of their parents. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. it is, you know, something I applaud you guys mm-hmm. yeah, thank both you. for keeping that and not making her wrong for loving her dad. No, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's so amazing. Good. Yeah, yeah I, I feel yeah. like yeah, that's so nice. Also, I'm like thinking Gabby's going to be a little annoyed. We let her just secret that he's a soft heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, that's a, don't listen. Yeah. I mean, when you meet him, I, that was my first impression. Is that like I thought? Oh, this guy. He's just so likable. Yeah. You know, he's a really likable guy. Yeah, he is. He is very yeah. far, obviously, yeah. but Thank he's you. just a likable guy. I didn't. I think he's. I could tell he's a big softy for sure. Yeah. yeah. He puts on a little bit of a tough exterior, but uh, yeah, he's a softy. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit about the teenage years. Mm. What what do we have to look for? Um, <laughs> what are some of the, I don't know, because like the kids talk back a little bit, you know, and like I know there's this like, I hate my life. And I know the whole I'll hate you mom soon will come. I know, I'm so point. sad about that. You know, um, so... Tell us a little bit about, you know, the ups and downs, like, you know, the highs, the lows, Yeah, you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, um, with Kayla, you know, I mean, yeah, there was a couple of times I think that she like, you know, said mean things to me, but um, I don't think I've gotten it that much. Um, I do, you know tell since she's young I've been you know I do affirmations with her when I drive her to school since she's like been in kindergarten I make her do affirmations now she doesn't listen to me anymore but (laughs) (laughs) but I really tried to instill it in her so that she you know knows talk positively about herself and Mm. other people and just like you know Mm -hmm. use like kind words and stuff and she she's very much that way um you know of course there's been moments that we've you know gone into like an argument or whatever but I mean I could probably count on one hand how many times she said she's hated me and yes throughout her life so I'm glad for that because I expected it a lot more (laughs) right (laughs) you know so um but yeah I mean it's you know, at the end of the day, um, I do, I am, I, I do feel like I'm a little bit more open to letting her do what she wants to do because I very much, um, remember being close to my friends and feeling like that's like such an important thing. Mm -hmm. Like I remember like, you know, my foster mom that I called my stepmom, I left when she was, when I was 16, I I ran away. And that's because like, she just, what, she was very strict. She wouldn't let me do anything. And it was just, when I asked why it would just, because, because I said so, Mm. (laughs) you know, so I remember feeling, you know, I was 16 and you just want to be with your friends. You know, there was times like I wasn't able to go to a movie, a seven o'clock movie. And I'm like, why can't I go? Because I said so, you know, things like that. So I felt like very lonely and depressed. And one time I remember 
I was crying and writing a letter. (laughs) I was like, you know, just like felt like so depressed, all these things. And I literally left the letter and ran out of the house and went and stayed with, with a friend. And, um, and I never went back there. Um, I ended up, uh, well, going to my mom at the time and, uh, we lived in acreage and she, um, I found another reason why it was good that I never lived with her because she had, it was a Friday night. She told me she had to go in Tempenton to, so her husband worked in town. He was away and he, this was just me and her on this like acreage. And she said she had to go in Tempenton to, um, uh, get money from somebody that owed her money. She left on a Friday night and never came back till Monday morning. And I was in this place, not knowing where to tell me my friend to pick me up. I was like by myself. I'm like, you know, just like not knowing what happened. And then I found out she had been pulled over and was put in the drunk tank all weekend. So oh my goodness. Wow. okay, well, that's good reason why I never lived with you Moving again. On. Right. right. So, so after that, I went and actually lived with other friends of mine and um, like the government basically paid for me till I was 18 to do like a room and board situation. And I still finished high school. I graduated and then went on and did my own thing. But I remember it's like, I remember those feelings. So I think I'm just, I always kind of put myself in her position and I don't want to be too strict because I said, so I don't need to have that control, you know, and I think it's like so important, you know, especially in this age and Mm. people go through to have your friends. And that's even when we we moved here, I was worried she'd be like, I was kind of building myself up for this big, like, no, I'm not moving with you because we moved in between her semesters in grade 10, which is like a crucial time for a kid Mm -hmm. and, you know, having good friends. But I just like told her, you know, please keep an open mind. You know, this could be a great thing. You know, um, you, we can always come back and visit. It's only a, not even an hour plane right away. Um, we can bring your friends. I even, we promised to bring over her best friend and we did a couple of times, um, you know, so she stayed with us and stuff. And, um, and I said, if you might be an amazing thing or you might, or if we really don't like it, we can always move back. So she's actually a lot more open than I expected. And yeah, it's been great. She's, you know, she goes back and forth and... Is she happy here? Does she? She is, yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's and, pretty happy here. And, you know, and I think like the nature here has like been so healing for her. Like mm. I see, and even like my sister and, you know, some of her friends have seen such a difference in even her confidence and everything since she, we moved, like she's growing into herself. She's, you know, she loves walking outside. She, I don't know why, she, Edmonton still has nice summers, but she never really did that in Edmonton. Yeah. She like goes outside for like two hours with the dogs and walks by herself sometimes. And, mm. you know, it's just such a beautiful nice. place. To be around and healing, and yes. you know, by so, the water and yeah. all that, right? You so, live in such yeah, a good spot. Beautiful energy yeah. here for sure. Yeah. Okay, I have a question for you because I was thinking about this when you were talking before, like just now. But like, let's talk about resiliency for a second. Like, it's it, to you is it just innate because you are so resilient, and every mm-hmm. time that you talk about something, I just think, gosh, like you're just <laughs> resilient. Like, do you have? Did anyone teach you that, or was it just like innate, and you just kept going with that resiliency? Well, I mean, I think like it's maybe just the experience, but I really think like I would um, have to say that it's the work that I've done. Mm -hmm. Like truly, like I started doing different type of self-development work in my like early 20s. Um, I actually started it after my breakup with Kayla's dad because I had felt very low about myself and very just, um, you know, just like very low self-esteem and stuff. And somebody told me about this, this weekend course. And I, and I took that, it was called personal vest at the time. And, and in around that I was, you know, reading different books and going to different classes, meditations and everything else. Um, and yeah. And I think it was just like, 
just a lot of learning from those types of situations. Um, I've always kind of been surrounded with people that, um, you know, are into that too. And we have a lot of the same kind of um, mindsets on and on those practices and stuff. Um, but a book that just popped into my head because <laughs> it was one of my favorite books. And I literally have like gifted it to so many people because I just think it's, it's great is um, called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Mm. And yeah, I've, I had the um, privilege of hearing Hearst and Wayne Dyer, who's also another one of my favorite authors speak at, and I can do it seminar, like probably close to 15 years ago in Vancouver. Wow. And they're both, you know, passed away now, if you guys know yeah. who they are, they thought it was really cool <laughs> because they both passed away two years of each other on the exact same day. Oh, wow. oh they I were, didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So when they've worked together for a lot, a lot yeah. of years, we've been very close mm. friends. So I just feel like that's just another... Um, yeah, just showing like the connection, right? Yeah. Between their energies. So I thought that was kind of cool too. That's interesting. But, I didn't know that. Yeah. I do feel, you know, the the courses that should mm. be taught mm-hmm. in school. Yes. Should yes, be I agree. These, right? So, yeah. Are, I believe that our youth would uh, benefit so much and the society that we would be able to build mm-hmm. would be so much greater mm-hmm. than what it is right now mm-hmm. if they did the self-development courses. Because, yeah. you know, myself yeah. and, and Lee also took self-development courses, which... Um, catapulted our relationship and how we communicate and how we are together. Mm -hmm. So I will be putting my kids in to Mm -hmm. a course because we took landmark through um, for our, you know, development and they do have a kids program. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can start as early as eight. So I don't, I don't think they were ready. Plus we were in the midst of moving, selling, Mm -hmm. renovating, but I feel now will be a really good time, especially because we did also go through loss and, you know, some trauma. Mm -hmm. So this would be a really good uh, starting point for them to, introduce them to this type of thinking and this type Mm -hmm. of work to help them also heal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, for for sure. sure. I agree. Yeah. So Rena, did you have, just as you were talking about your personal growth journey, which I think is so beautiful, was there one or two people other than Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer and Mm -hmm. all those, was there a person in your life physically that, that kind of changed your life or like a role model, whether it be a teacher or one of your foster parents or something like that, or maybe even a few people that kind of just helped you, you know, were a good positive influence for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think like for me, um, the, her name's Carmel Baird. That's, you know, if anybody in the Edmonton area may or may not know her, but she actually had a show called Mums a Medium. Mm. Um, but I knew her before that show and that's the, when we actually went to those courses for like those two years. Um, so it was very like close to, like we're all kind of a really close knit group. And that was, um, you know, she's 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 amazing. She's very, she's a very strong medium, um, you know, and she's just very like, um, just very, uh, what's the word? Um uh, her energy is very calm and you know what I mean? Mm. So she's just, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Like she led the, the, those, uh, courses that we went through very well. Um, and we all like, there's still, you know, a few of us that met through there that were still connected. And mm. my sister, you know, came with me, we were, we were going to them together and then I had a couple other girlfriends too. So yeah, no, it was, it was, that was a great, she definitely helped, I think a lot in my life. Like I, I still use some of her practices for certain things too. Yeah, she's done. Um, yeah, she's done great in life, and and um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I think just really all my friends, 
and family that, you know, I've been close to. I think like they're, you know, they all, you attract who you um, are and also like Mm -hmm. who, you know, you, when you want, you put it out there, you want to be positive and loving and have that kind of energy. Then you put that out and you attract those people to your lives too. So Mm -hmm. thank you ladies for being part of my journey. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And it's in terms of attracting energy and so on, like, tell us a little bit about, um, your thankful Thursdays that you run because okay, I know you like yeah. to give back and oh thank yeah. you mm-hmm. yeah so my alchemy real estate group um, I started that when I moved here um, out of Remax Kelowna and um, I really I think like for real estate my history in real estate I always like kind of separated like business and my like spiritual kind of you know self yeah. yeah and I'm like I everybody's I always knew you should brand yourself about like you know who you are and things like that and make it more personal but I never really knew how to connect those two until until more recently and then you know that I have I've you know I came up with the name Alchemy Real Estate Group because I love what it stands for um and you know one of the spiritual definitions the other definition another definition is turning something ordinary to the extraordinary which um I deal with a lot of investors so I look at it kind of like that too I do residential and commercial um real estate investing and um but yeah so with the thankful Thursdays I've always wanted to give back I've been in different involved in like different kind of charity um sponsorships and things like that in the past um as well as Remax we give back to the Stollery Children's Hospitals um but um yeah, I I started my branding uh, like I've always like we wrote like you know Motivation Monday, Transformation Tuesday, Wellness Wednesday on my post, and before that used to be just my personal posts, and then now since I started this new branding, I, I do that with them in my business as well. And so Thankful Thursday and Spotlight Saturday, where we spotlight a business every Saturday, is is involved in that too. So then I decided to name my events Thankful Thursday charity and social events. So. I've done two so far. The first one we did in support of um, uh, so local shelters, like giving, we asked people to bring donations of um, like um, mitts, toques and scarves Mm -hmm. and then to help uh, warm them when, because it was like just before, it was around November, I think was the first one. And then the most recent one we did um, was in support of Mamas for Mamas. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we had lots, tons of um, support with that one. Um, some great local vendors and then and businesses that sponsored gifts that we sold raffle tickets to and had silent auction items. So we raised um, close to $2,000 in a big, huge um, container of a uh, big, huge box of <laughs> items that people donated for, you know, babies like diapers and wipes mm-hmm. and things like that as well. That's so, awesome. Yeah. 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 That's so awesome. And how often do you have those? I think they're once a month, right? No, um, probably every couple of months. Okay. My first, these first two were a little bit farther in between, but there was just lots going on around Christmas yeah. and stuff. But I want to start focusing on making them more consistent. So yeah, yeah and I, um, yeah, so I'm probably going to have, uh, I don't have the next date yet, but I will have that soon. And then I can let everybody know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. so, but, yeah. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, geez, Raina, we could speak to you for another 19 hours, really. I say that about every guest, but really, we could. Yeah, no, for sure. We could. That hour flies by really fast. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to do some rapid questions. Oh, yeah. So tell us, Raina, what's like one lesson in motherhood that you've learned that really surprised you that you were like, wow, I can't believe this is what this has taught me right now? Um, gosh, that's a hard one. (laughs) Um... I mean, I think like, I don't think, 
I really had an expectation at all with motherhood. Um, maybe just, you know, how much I don't want to let Kayla go (laughs) because, um, I know that I, that I need to, but it's, uh, it's very, very tough for me. (laughs) Well, especially because it's been you and her for so long. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Just you two. Yeah. Yeah. That's like your person. Yeah. 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 Your person. And then if you could kind of go back in time and like tell either younger mom, Rena, or like, you know, a new mom, what's something that you would pick that you would be like, you know, be more forgiving or compassionate to yourself for X? Um, yeah, I think that I would probably tell my younger self just to, um, yeah, just to, to love myself mm-hmm. and to, um, you know, be kind to myself you know, I, I learned a lot about negative self-talk, uh, you know, as an early adult. And I think that it's so important that we're all aware of it because I realized when I was younger, I did say a lot of those things to myself um, that you should never say to anybody, especially not yourself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think just be giving myself awareness of that earlier on mm-hmm. would be definitely, um, I think, really positive for sure. Nice. Okay, well, that's why I think that kids should all go through these things yeah. as a child, as a very young child, not just, you know, as adults, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that makes so much about, sense. Yeah. Okay, and then what's your favorite thing about being a mom? Um, well, my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, my job. Boom, and we're done. That's awesome. No, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's thank you for answer. being here well, and thanks, for being guys. open and sharing your story. Yes. And where can everyone go to find you? I know you mentioned it a bit, but just okay, they want yeah, to find you. Thank you. you. If you guys want to go to at Alchemy Real Estate Group. Ca on um, Instagram and Facebook, and also at Okanonics Interiors on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love all your support. Appreciate it. Yeah. Looking forward to those thankful Thursdays. Yes. Thanks, Rena. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working, what's not working, how we can support you. What are some good topics? And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.